there, poor here. As always, all advice within these podcasts are for entertainment purposes and educational purposes only. This is not real financial advice. I am not your financial advisor. But I've been doing this with you for two years now. So for those of you that have stuck with us, for those of you that have been here, for those of you that continue to come back, appreciate it greatly. And thank you for a wonderful two years. I know there was probably about a six-month sabbatical where I had, you know, issues of uh, things I had to take care of with my personal life. And I'm sure that probably cost me a lot as far as progress with the the view counts and all that. But for those of you that were here before and after, I appreciate it greatly. Thank you very much. And um, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing this. And we'll try and improve it every a little bit each time. So if there's anything you think I should be doing that I'm not, or anything that you'd like to see me do that I'm not, or any anything you want covered that I haven't covered or don't cover often, leave a comment or, you know, just text us, email us, whatever. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure it happens. So uh, with that, we'll do a uh, congratulatory diet soda because I'm not drinking tonight. <laughs> Cheers, and to a wonderful two years, and hopefully at least two more, Uh, you know, unless the United States goes under. Ah, Can't happen, can it? Can it? Can it? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, So what you're here for, I think we should get into that. So what do you say? So today was kind of a weird day. Uh, the Fed minutes from the last meeting where they raised basis point, uh, 75 basis points uh, came out today. So this was basically what they talked about as far as the future and uh, their next meeting, which is uh, late in this, uh, I believe it's later this month, uh, where they may raise it another 50 to 75 basis points uh, was basically the big takeaway from the notes saying that they're not. They aren't going to take anything off the table as far as dealing with inflation. They could go higher. They could do whatever it is, uh, heavier bond selling, all that, all those kinds of things to basically try and tamp down inflation. Now, a very interesting thing that's happened the last couple days, and I'm not entirely sure why it's happening other than uh, clearly demand is going down. Um, is that if you take a look in the upper left-hand screen just below me, these are the uh, oil prices per barrel, crude oil, um, and natural gas as well. And what we're looking at, everything is below $100, the Brent crude oil and the WTI crude oil, which is $97.75. And those under $100 is really good. Uh, There are projections, people saying that it could go up to like $160 a barrel or $300 a barrel. And... uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, and then the other, on the other side of that fence, you have people saying that in a recession, we could see barrel prices drop down below $65 a barrel. Not entirely out of the realm of possibilities. And if you remember even two years ago where oil prices went negative because commodities are weird when you trade them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super weird. Um, but. I don't think we're going to see negative oil prices. 
but the fact that it's under you know a hundred dollars is great. I feel like that's going to drop the prices and to the national average below five dollars, which will be excellent. So people in California, New York, Texas, Florida, big big populations that have a lot of gas demand may see the price drop. You know, down to like four seventies to four fifty, maybe if we're lucky, uh, maybe a little lower. National average might come down to like four twenty. Hopefully, if we can get this back down to the you know low nineties, mid eighties, uh, we could we could see we could see a lot of things, especially if the the tax holiday uh, continues. That'd be great. Um, so that. This would do more to curb and stem inflation than anything the Fed can do. Because everything is tied to oil right now. Everything. If you want something delivered from Amazon, it hates to get to your door. Not by electric vehicles, but by gas-powered vehicles. UPS, USPS, FedEx. They're all still kicking gas. They're not on hydrogen. They're not on electric yet. Amazon has some electric vehicles, but not many. And the, you know, dirty little secret is that a lot of the electric vehicles that they get their energy and charge stations from natural gas and oil is how you generate that electricity. Hmm, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit, probably, definitely, absolutely. <laughs> So everything that goes to a grocery store, your food prices, all of that gets there on a big rig, which is a massive, massive, massive 18-wheeler that takes $1,500 more or more currently to fill up its tank on diesel. So if crude oil prices can continue to tank, that's only going to do great things for everyone because that means that things will start coming back down just in time for the food shortages. <laughs> um, it's very interesting. I, I know some farmers and a lot of them are basically sending all their, you know, cows to uh, butchers now because butchers are set up for the butchering of cows right now and not for pigs. And so it's easier for them to just be set up and continuously do the one. And so they're not really taking pigs. So you got a bunch, you're going to have a severe pork shortage more than likely the price of beef may come down, but then you also have the fertilizer shortage, which means there's going to be less grains, which will mean there's going to be less livestock that you can keep alive on those grains, which means there will be less meat. Eventually these are all gonna, this is going to take multiple seasons to take effect, but that's probably something coming down the pike. Just be aware. <laughs> so even though you may see a food price drop if gas comes back down your meats and things may come back up so just just be aware and if you can buy like a half a cow from your local farmers go for it all right so back to what we were talking about so today the spy was up roughly a third of a percent kind of kind of a like nothing burger of a day which is weird because everyone was everything was kind of just tinkering and waiting for the this afternoon when the notes came out from the Fed. Uh, you can see the portfolio is down four hundred dollars today. Today being Wednesday, July sixth. Yesterday we were up fourteen hundred dollars, I believe. Uh, 
So I'm okay giving a little bit of that back. Um, things that I may not have updated you on as far as the portfolio goes. I have a a uh, debit spread on Apple, a put debit spread, where I'm betting that Apple goes down from where it is currently. I also have some of those on the S&P 500 SPY. Betting that it goes down from where it is. I took that bet when it was at like 395. So I have one from 390 to 385. And yeah. We'll see what happens with that. These are out until October. So we have some time. And I will be... Uh, after this recording, a training session as far as what a put debit spread and a put credit spread is, what a call debit and a call credit spread are. Um, I haven't decided if I'm doing that or if I should go over the uh, the Greeks because I feel like that's also very important. And you need to know what the Greeks are in order to make sense of trading options and why you would trade them. So I may do both if I have the time, but I'll definitely release one or the other. So stay tuned. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd have a hundred shares of uh, TARK. I bought it when it was in like the 17s. It shot up to 20, almost 22. I was going to sell it at 22. It didn't quite hit there. So it never hit the sell. And now it's back down to 2088. It could go back down again if tomorrow's another risk off day. We'll see. Tomorrow's only Thursday. I expect things may come back down Friday. We've had three days where markets have gone up they've rallied three days does not a turnaround make in fact three days is hardly anything in comparison to the last seven eight months we've seen you get a whole week behind you that's a that's a milestone you get two weeks behind you that's a milestone you get a month behind you that's a nice milestone people start to loosen their grip and think, okay, maybe this is the real deal, probably around that month time. Hell, you got people right now saying, we've had three days, maybe this is the bottom, maybe we're at the turnaround. The macroeconomics probably dictate that is not true. So we'll see where that ends. But I'm not saying that we didn't hit the bottom. We could be rallying now. But based on the macroeconomic factors that I can see and the ability to fix those macroeconomic factors in short order. I don't think we've seen the bottom just yet. I'm I'm always a hopeful. I'm always an optimist. I'm always hopeful that we have seen the worst of it, but my gut's telling me that that's not true. So I have some puts basically on uh on some market options because I don't think we've seen the bottom yet and it's basically a hedge to try and keep some money in the portfolio. And also if you'll notice there's basically no margin anymore. I got all out of margin. Sold off a lot of Coinbase, sadly, took that loss. Um but all all but got done with margin right now. And I would suggest you do the same. Margin is not going to be your friend with these higher rates. And until rates come back down, you should not be in margin. And you should definitely not be in margin if we are starting a rally. You should be holding on to what you have, buying what you can, but not being in debt. You want to pay off your debts 
as soon as you can. You want to have six months plus of expenditures because what we're going to see now is probably going to be layoffs coming hard and fast. I know that they're saying like the job economy is still strong. People are still hiring, but you can see the writing on the wall when different large, large companies, huge companies are like, we're going to let go 10% of our workforce or we don't need this many people. Or if you want to leave, we encourage that like Zuckerberg did because he's a real PR kind of guy. Um, yeah. So if you have a job, if you're worried that you may lose your job and there is no job that is guaranteed in this world, not a single one. You think you're untouchable, you can absolutely be let go. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how long you've worked for a company. You can absolutely be let go. You work for yourself? Sure. You you won't lose that job. You might lose your whole business. These things happen. Um, I do want to touch on a couple other things. Uh, one of them being the state of crypto. And we've seen some things happen that have given people a bad taste in their mouth with basically FTX, which is one of the bigger exchanges. Now they came out of nowhere. I have no idea where they came from. All of a sudden, every YouTuber and their mom is like sponsored by FTX. It's huge freaking rich dudes saying, I'm going to donate 99% of our profits uh, to charity. Like, all I don't, I really have no idea where the hell they came from. They came out of nowhere. It's like a freaking, I don't even know, like CERN turned on the collider and then all of a sudden FTX was there. Like <laughs> it's wild to me that they, they showed up with such force and gusto and now they're doing not just like crypto, but they're also dabbling in stocks and they, they may be the one that's going to win out, but they donated because they, Voyager digital, which we were a big proponent of when things were good. And then I got out of it during the uh, the sabbatical I took, I guess. And you guys didn't know one for that. I apologize. Um, but they offered $600 million to this C3 or CT3, this Chinese company. That company went bankrupt, took their $600 million. Voyager was screwed. FTX loaned them money, so they didn't go bankrupt. And you're seeing a kind of cascade. And all this happened because the Terra Luna... And now Tether may be falling. There's definitely some coordinated attacks, this, that, and the other thing. All these stable coins that promised these massive, massive uh, returns, you know, like we'll give you 10 or 20% interest if you stake your coins with us. You can't do that long term. It doesn't work. And if there's a downfall, that, uh, meet Kevin at a really great video like almost a year ago now about how, what happens if the stable coins fail. And he was all but spot on. I'm going to add a, my two cents to it now though. Um, basically I've seen this happen before, uh, back in, I don't even know when it was, it was 2013, 14. There was the big exchanges were Coinbase and Mt. Gox. I don't even think Coinbase was alive. Live, like it wasn't. It wasn't what it is today, for sure. Um, but there were a couple others. But Mt. Gox was like the big one. 
And had I done my due diligence, had I looked into it further than I had at that point, but I was young, stupid, and naive, I would have realized that it probably wasn't the best place to keep any type of Bitcoin or Ethereum at that point. Um, as those were like two of the three big ones, it was it was basically just Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin. I don't even think Ethereum was around when Mt. Gox was around. I don't know. It was it was so long ago. But anyway, Mt. Gox stood for so it was spelled M T G O E X or M T G O X. That was it. And it's called Mt. Gox, but really it was Magic the Gathering Online Exchange. Some kid who built a website to trade magic cards had turned it into a thriving business for Bitcoin, where you could buy and sell Bitcoin through his website for Magic the Gathering playing cards. Yep. And so this one kid didn't have protocols didn't have security didn't have any of that and so people who are shitty do shitty things and they stole a boatload of bitcoin from mount gox overnight bitcoin tanked 90 percent mount gox went under couldn't withdraw anything from it the only one left standing after that i believe was coinbase because they did things right and Coinbase is still here. That is a real thing. And then they went public. And they went public and they got up over $300. And now they're down to $50. $50 a share. And I think the one thing that is going to happen out of this next crash where Bitcoin can go very low, it could go lower. It's unprecedented, but it could still go lower. Uh, to have it go below the bull market high of the last bull market, it's not been done, but Bitcoin hasn't been through a recession like this either. It was created after the banking crisis in that 2008-2011 recession. It was created as an answer to that. Like Money was too concentrated in these few organizations, and there was no way for the little man to fight back, and that was Bitcoin. That was their answer. And Coinbase has been around almost since the beginning. It's It's been around for a while. It knows, it knows crypto. Uh, Brian, the CEO, he knows. He's very, very smart man. And love him or hate him. He, he knows the industry. And I think what's going to happen is that you're going to see a lot of these smaller brokerages, maybe even some of the mid-sized or larger ones, start to collapse if Bitcoin price keeps tanking. I mean, you remember we had things like Mara and just like all these heavy, heavy Bitcoin bought companies that were leveraged and now their shares have tanked because they own Bitcoin. Um, but I think you're going to see all of the business that these smaller and mid-sized brokerages have go to places like Coinbase, FTX. I think Coinbase is going to be a big winner here. And I think that because of the amount of people that 
there's going to be two things that happen. A lot of people are going to get burned on crypto. And they're going to swear it off, say it's a scam, never go back to it. I know this because people do that with stock market when things go into a bear market. They ride that high of the bull market and then they lose more than they even put in. I mean, right now with this public portfolio, I want to say I've put in probably over 35,000 and we're at 20,000. We're at 21,000. We were flying high when I'd only put in like 15,000. We were almost, we were like 40 some thousand. We doubled our money in that bear market and now we've lost more than we've put in. But I'm not going, I'm not leaving. Not now. I'm just going to wait it out. It'll get back. It'll be better. That's what's going to happen to a lot of people with crypto. They're going to lose their shirts. They're going to swear it off and say never again. And then you're going to have the other people who, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. No, no. And those people, they're going to fly. They're going to find their way to FTX. They're going to find their way to Coinbase. They're going to find their way to one of the larger, more reputable, maybe a Gemini. The Winklevosses seem to be doing pretty okay. They're going to find their way to one of those. And they're going to put their stuff on those, on, on those online exchanges. And that's going to drum up a lot more business. That's going to drum up a lot of business for those they're going to do very well they're going to get all the all the different exchange rates and funds and all that stuff they're going to get it all and they're going to blow the competition out of the water because they have a track record and that's what people want they want some stability they want assurances they want a track record i mean you put two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a bank knowing that you can get it at any time and if the bank is robbed or burns down or whatever you know that you can still get $250,000 because it's FDIC insured. Feds will say anything over that $250,000, we're not going to reimburse you for. But if you can prove that you had $250,000 in the bank, you can have that $250,000. We guarantee it. And I think crypto will eventually one day get there. It's very hard to insure crypto like that because... It's a blockchain and you can basically go, here it is, here it is, someone that isn't you took it, there it is right there, we can see it, you can't get to it because it's not in your wallet. Sorry, no can doesville. So it's it's more difficult, there's, there's things that could be done, there's, I mean they've tried when there was a massive breach in Ethereum, that's why you have Ethereum Classic, is because there was... A lot of Ethereum locked up by uh, by attackers that basically absconded with a shit ton of Ethereum, the original Ethereum, not the Ethereum you know today. But yeah, so I think I think Coinbase is going to be a winner. This is not financial advice. This is just me pontificating about what's going to happen with the crypto market. So take that for what you will, and. Uh, Understand that, you know, we are in volatile times and anything can happen. I mean, if you take a look, we were in the 60,000s with Bitcoin. We're now at 20,000. So we've lost, you know, 66% plus. And Cardano's down to 46 cents. I mean, we were up like almost three bucks. So 
we're, we're down substantially there. Ethereum, we were up almost like four grand. Now we're just barely above, back above a thousand. We've dipped down below a thousand a couple times. But aside from those three, I don't think there's anything I would really want to touch right now. I think those are steal of deals right now. I think in five years from now, you'll be like, man, I wish I'd bought more Bitcoin when it was 20,000 again. Man, I wish I bought that $1,000 Ethereum. Man, I wish I bought that 46 cent Cardano. Because now it's $5 a Cardano. Now it's $5,000 in Ethereum. Now it's $100,000 a Bitcoin. People are going to be saying that. They're going to be kicking themselves. It's going to happen. I know this because I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. Every time there is a crash with Bitcoin and Ethereum, all the altcoins follow suit. Everything goes down. And it goes down and down and people lose interest and it just keeps going. Last time it was 2017, we hit a high of almost 20,000. We hit a low shortly thereafter of around 3,000. I bought a crazy amount of Bitcoin when it hit 3,000. I wrote it up. I sold some off to pay some debts. I was debt free because I sold it when it hit 15, 17, 19. 25, 30, 35, I just sold all the way up. Do I regret it? A little, but I'm debt free for the most part, aside from student loans, but we'll see what happens there too. But that's not this video. <laughs> anyway, that's my thoughts on crypto. That's my thoughts on stock markets. Uh, we've seen a couple few up days. Um, yeah, not, I mean, these are the, the, the stories of the day, uh, stock is higher after the fed minutes, not by much. It was a real nothing kind of day. And currently if we take a look at the futures, futures are mixed and they're barely moving. I mean, you're at 0 0.04 down, 0 0.05 down and 0 0.03 up. So I mean, nothing's, nothing's really moving. It's almost nine o'clock at night right now, but I don't, I don't see anything that gives me pause for tomorrow. Maybe it'll be another slightly green day. Maybe it'll be another red day. Who knows? But keep your head on a swivel. Only invest in companies that you believe in. Invest in those with low debt. Invest in the companies of the future. Invest in things that you can see taking their time doing it right like coinbase they took their time they did it right i sold out of my smile direct club position because i don't know if they'll make it through a recession there's a bunch of companies that were kind of questionable as to whether they would or not based on their balance sheets i loved smile direct club i even did a deep dive in it when it was like 13 bucks then COVID hit and then the recession hit and we are in a recession. Don't let anyone tell you differently. That is a thing that is happening. Two quarters consecutive of GDP shrinkage is a recession. There is no other metric that measures recession. So anything that you hear other than that, that says, well, we may not be in a recession 
is bullshit. Like, oh, well, we haven't lost all that much employment. It's bullshit. Like, come on. Two consecutive quarters of GDP shrinkage is a recession. That's that's the definition of a recession. We are in one. Now the question becomes, does it become a full-fledged depression? Time will tell. But there is some hope because gas prices may come down and with that, inflation will come down. So here's hoping. And uh, yeah, with that, trade well, be safe, and thank you for uh, two great years.